0: This podcast is produced by Student Media. Student Media is a student organization at the University of Evansville. Student Media produces the Crescent Magazine, published online and in print three times a semester. Student Media produces several podcasts and utilizes design, photography, video, and sound towards experiential and academic learning in journalistic endeavors and engaging storytelling. Student Media elevates the voice of the student body and connects the campus and community to important information and points of view. To learn more, visit crescent.evensil.edu. Welcome to Really Short Stories. I'm your host, student media advisor Tommy J Hausman. Really Short Stories is about taking the obscure, out of context musings of an overthoughtful mind and try to make sense of the absolute absurdity that is the human experience. Perhaps you will find meaning and enlightenment, or be mildly amused. Nonetheless, you will gain some sense of something or the other. Be it good or bad, you will have thanked me for the momentary distraction. Let us begin. I hereby call this town hall meeting to order to hear the Westbrook Home Association's Open Agenda Items." A man from the back row, by the name of Hank, starts to speak before he is fully standing. Loudly, he bellows over the open forum discussion. "'Now you tell me what you plan to do about these mountain lions. They are just absolutely wreaking havoc on our neighborhood. Everyone is in a constant state of fear,' a woman chimes in her two cents on the matter. My little Pebbles is lucky to be alive. Just last night, one of those devilish cats took a swat at her and barely missed. The poor thing shook for hours. Another lady interrupts hastily. You worried about your dog? Timmy was playing by the sliding glass door and suddenly started wailing in terror. I peeked up to find a giant puma lurking at the door, licking his chops over my three year old child. When I ran to scoop him up, the demonic feline did not retreat or run away. Instead, he headbutted the door as to blatantly mock and intimidate me. They are becoming more brazen by the day. <laughs> order, order! The clerk snarls as he bangs the gavel incessantly. Everyone calm down. The mountain lion relocation program is in full swing, working almost continuously around the clock. No matter how far away we take these cats, on the other side of the mountain, they just keep coming back. We have employed tracking system by collaring almost 50 cats, but somehow they just keep uh, slipping out of the collars. And we do not have the budget, I tell you, we do not have the budget, to microchip and monitor all these wild cats. You folks are just going to have to be diligent and mindful of your surroundings. Do not leave small children and animals unattended. Do not bike or jog alone. Carry pepper spray. Do not leave scraps of food, waste of any kind laying around outside your homes. Get locking lids on your trash receptacles. And do not, I repeat, do not attempt to take matters into your own hands with these cats. The last thing I need is one of you morons getting yourselves killed. Then maybe you'd actually have to work for once and really do something. Hank yells from the back. The clerk slams the gavel. Meeting churn. The Westbrook neighborhood is the largest neighborhood in the Mountain Valley. The Valley's population has been growing exponentially since insurance companies in the West and in the South started to refuse to insure homes in disaster-prone areas. It has caused a mass migration of suburbanites to live in and around the valley where the changing climate has been more temperate over the past decade. It does not get too cold, not too hot, and it rains just the right amount. On the other side of the mountain is another story. It is always too hot and too dry. And the land, as far as you can see, is desolate, This is where they keep attempting to relocate the mountain lions, and this is why they keep returning. There is no food, there is no water, there's nothing. The mountain lions are usually solitary hunters, but with these drastic changes to their environment, they've adapted. The mountain lions started to work together long ago. They have coordinated their efforts and have become not only packs, but almost like a society. Any given species has a point or or a moment where something changes. Perhaps a change in the environment, an outside stressor, or even something positive could be an example. Humans started farming and domesticating animals, and this was the beginning of a new evolutionary path for mankind. For the mountain lions, this town is steadily taking up all the land on one side of the mountain with homes, buildings, factories. And on the other side of the mountain, the human's unfettered consumption of fossil fuels has permanently altered the climate and left hundreds of thousands upon hundreds of thousands of acres uninhabitable. This has left the mountain lions with an evolutionary choice. Adapt or die. They adapted. Halfway up the mountain's ridge, in the remnants of the forest that stretches down to the town's edge, is where the lions now call home. From this vantage point, they could survey all the humans' activity in the town. Amongst the pride of pumas, one stands above them all. She is not the biggest cat, but she is the fastest, fiercest, and most cunning creature on the mountain. Cassandra leads the feline faction of the Westbrook invasion. Cassandra roars to bring the pride to order before addressing them. Tonight. We must be diligent. We must be brave. And we must be swift. As soon as the sun sets, we must infiltrate the Westbrook neighborhood and gather all the food that we can. Do not kill any pets or humans. This will only bring more danger upon us. Stay far from the north side of town tonight. The relocation marshals have strategically placed themselves around the food district. They expect us to fall easily for this trap. We will not give them the satisfaction Prepare yourselves for dusk. We move out. Cassandra was as wise as she was quick. She knew that the humans were already intolerant of their presence on the mountain and would not hesitate to wipe out all of her pride if they felt threatened. She has encouraged the pride to stay as hidden as possible, be stealthy, and be quick. The mountain lions have taken on a strategy of gathering food as a team and bringing it back to the ridgeline forest to share with the pride. As dusk approached, Cassandra looked to her three-year-old son Caleb, who she hoped would lead the pride one day, and said, Stay close to me tonight. Let's get in and out as quickly as we can. Caleb, a dutiful son, replied, Yes, mother. Caleb was just as brave and cunning as his mother. If the stratagem his mother has devised continues to be successful, there may be a bright future for Caleb and the Pride. Cassandra believes that this is the path to living alongside the humans safely, and they can indeed thrive. As the last glimmer of sunlight fades behind the mountain, the Puma Pride swiftly heads towards strategic locations around the neighborhood to gather food. The lions have been surveying all week, noting which cans have no locks or broken locks, which stores have food in the waste, and which places have the least amount of human activity. The feline swiftly spread out through the neighborhood, under the cloak of darkness, with silent precision. Effortlessly, one by one, the mountain lions sprint back to the forest with large bounties of food. Cassandra and Caleb approached their target cautiously. And while Cassandra diligently watches the house, Caleb attempts to gingerly remove the lids of the bins with his mouth. There are three bins outside the house, all filled to the brim with meat and poultry. The humans are well known for their wastefulness. Caleb has collected quite a cash from the first two bins of trash. And Cassandra whispers, That is plenty. Leave the third can. Let's go. Caleb replies, Hang on. I can carry more. As Caleb lifts the lid on the third can, a faint ring of a bell jingles. A chuckle from the shadows pierces the silence. <laughs> a click-click echoes. Cassandra's and Caleb's ears perk up as they look towards the sound. Hey! It's too late. Hank had been hiding in the shadows with a loaded rifle. He had tied a little bell on the lid of the third can in case he dozed off while waiting for the cats to fall into his trap. The blast from the rifle startled half the block and the cats had all scattered back to the ridgeline forest. As porch lights came on up and down the block and the townsfolk started to bustle their way towards the sound of the commotion, they found Hank standing outside his home proudly. A rifle lay across his shoulder, and his foot propped atop the corpse of a slain mountain lion. Back at the ridgeline, the felines frantically take pole to find who is missing. A loyal friend and brave puma by the name of Paige calls out to Cassandra. Cassandra! Cassandra! Where are you? Paige repeats over and over again as she pounces across the ridgeline. Finally, several meters down from the rest of the pack, she finds a cat, sullenly peering towards the Westbrook neighborhood. Cassandra? Paige whispers. Cassandra speaks plainly. They killed him. They took our land. They took our food. They tried to force us out of our home. And now, they have killed my boy. Caleb is dead. I'm so sorry, Cassandra. What are we going to do? Paige asks. With mournful indignance, Cassandra replies. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill them all. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Really Short Stories. I'm your host, Tommy J. Hausman. I really hope that you enjoyed the story of Cassandra, part one. I hope that you come back next week to hear part two of the story.